All right. New to this kind of lap around the track for Lab the Podcast, new to this season is this idea of Lab Rap. And what we found, what Riley and I found, uh, is just two things. First of all, we get to sit here with these incredible people and Mm -hmm. have incredible conversations. And we always leave questions and with things (laughs) swirling around our head. That was number one. Number two, there's things that come up that we want to give definition to, you know, words that people say that we're like, okay, wait, we talked about that. Uh, Why, you know, how can we help remember that and why is it meaningful? And I would add a third that, you know, at V3, important to us is how do we provide resource that really is helpful for that 18 to 30 pivot. And Riley, that's why I love the rap conversation with you because you're in that uh, demographics. Thanks for hanging out for a little while yeah. afterwards. Edgar's not, he's a great guy, right? Yeah, no, he was awesome. I mean, I, I remember meeting him a, f- a few, you know, what was it, a few months back, you know, you and I uh, had some time with him. And that was great. But, you know, getting to spend a long form conversation with him here, you know, more about his life and his story was, you know, super just in- inspirational and full of wealth and knowledge for me. It's cool to hear his backstory, just first generation immigrant to America, and I'm wooing you into long form conversations. Yeah, pretty soon <laughs> yeah. we're going to be three hours on a boat talking somewhere. Oh, Lord, no. <laughs> uh, speaking of time, I want to give the definitions because if you just came out of that episode with Edgar, I can't emphasize enough uh, how important this, just the distinction. Frederick Beekner did a great job unpacking this. So many others have done the same thing, but really, time is like it is a thing there is time and you could debate that like is time a thing does it exist all that philosophical stuff the reality is we do experience this thing that we are calling time and part of it is that we're moving chronos right we start out as young and then we age and there's a movement of time we would say that's quantitative there's a limit to that time uh, and time has those limits and so we experience this thing of time in the, the chronological sense, chronos time, but then there's the kairos sense. And we were, we're like in Thanksgiving season, so it's a perfect setup for it because there's these times where we're like that season, that time. We always say this, right? Like those college years, mm-hmm. my childhood time, that when I'm in my 80s, those are quantitative or not quantitative, they're qualitative time. So for I'm just curious as we're talking in your moment, how is that helpful to you to think about time in the terms of quantitative? Uh, there's a there's a chronos side to time, but then qualitative, like there's a quality of time, and we can think about time in both ways. How's that helpful to you? It's it's definitely something you know as we've talked about that idea and you you know brought those you know words and definitions up you know the last few months at V three has definitely been something I wish I would have had on my mind more honestly the last few months as, you know, colleges started back up, you know, my friends are back in town and just trying to be, you know, right now it's busy season for me in life. So, you know, between that, the holidays, the work, you know, managing, you know, multiple jobs, events, also trying to be diligent and spend time with friends as well. I wish I would have been thinking about that more. And it's great that this conversation happened because it's going to help me as we keep going, you know, figure out a better way of I guess managing that time in a sense uh because for me I love spending time with my friends I love spending time with family like even after work you know I have 
great privilege to work with people that I get to call my friends and stuff. So even after work, wanting to spend time with them and go out to dinner. And the next thing you know, it's 1, 2 a.m. and I got to be up at 7 a.m. It's like, that's not smart. So trying to, I guess, be more diligent in that. But the quality time aspect, as I think this is great as we go into Thanksgiving, you know, uh, one thing Edgar said was make sure you turn the TV off. For me, you know, my family, we love watching football. You know, he talked about that as well. But I think uh, for my family, we always mute the TV, not turn it off. And I think this year I'm going to be diligent and I'm just going to grab the remote and turn it off instead of muting it. And, you know, actually just pausing in that moment and being more present. I think maybe not all of us, but I think some families were all guilty of when it comes time to Thanksgiving dinner and you're supposed to, you know, either, you know, pray or you know, say something you're thankful for. I think we're all just trying to rush through that to eat. And I think if we were to just be a little more present and, you know, live in that, you know, Cairo's time right there and, you know, have a quality moment there and be diligent and deliberate about that space would be so much better. So that's something I'm going to work on as Thanksgiving comes up. Yeah, we're teed up for it. And uh, you did a brilliant job capturing it uh, <laughs> of it, it is quality moments and that's what we're yearning for. When people say, like, I just wish I had more time with you, they're not asking for Kronos time. They're asking for Kairos time. And and what's cool about that is you can have those Kairos moments, those qualitative mm-hmm. moments. That doesn't have to be long. It can be 10 minutes, 15 yeah. minutes, a half hour. But there's a moment that takes place where you go, you know what? I'm going to turn the TV off for like 10 minutes. We'll get back to it. But for 10 minutes, I mean, you think about that, like how, how weird it is in our culture to say, hey, we're going to take the next 10 minutes to just be present with each other. The fact that would be disruptive for a lot of people like, yeah, wait a second, what are we doing? So I love what you're saying. It's we, but you mentioned it and Edgar hit on this multiple times. It's deliberate. It's not just going to happen. We, we get to be the ones that bend the river. And and it's those moments that we curate that really do take Kronos and allow it to slow into a Kairos moment. And then it'll move again, but we can be deliberate by creating that slow down moment, turn a TV off, have everybody sit at the table, ask something that they're grateful for. It's great. Yeah, I guess if I think of a time, you know, this past month where I've been, I guess, a little deliberate in that, it's honestly just, you know, reaching out to people I haven't necessarily caught up with in a while. And it goes to, you know, just texting and even to the point where I was walking my dog a few weeks ago and I was like, you know what, I'm on a walk and just, you know, enjoying, you know, the fresh air and the cool weather once we had a little snippet of here in Tampa and hopefully we get that back soon. Um, But I was like, you know what, I'm just going to, you know, call, you know, one of my old friends and, you know, see how they're doing. And so called them, talked to them and it led to, the next day grabbing breakfast and just catching up and spending some quality time there with them. And so I think just like Edgar was saying, you have to be deliberate and carve that time out for this. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I mean, this is what makes, this is the connection, the rubber meets the road in some of these ways where we say, well, it's enchanted reality. People go, what are you talking about? Well, and then you give definition to it. We gave definition a few weeks ago, right? It's a it's the totality of everything that exists, the seen and the unseen world. And it's a world permeated with meaning and spiritual significance. And beings within that, there's meaning. 
And so all of a sudden you work your way back and you go, and that's why it matters to have quote unquote quality time with my friends. Mm. That is meaningful. And that, that what we just did there was make a case for the fact that your choice to have quality time with your friends is meaningful. And what is it? Why does that, why is that so life-giving? Well, because it's coherent with reality. And for so long, we have either just kind of ignored that out of pragmatism and efficiency and hustle. Um, but I think the whole world is orienting back to this more open posture towards uh, something more. So I love hearing that you're doing it. Yeah, I guess I, uh, with it, I kind of, you know, developed a question, I guess, as I'm the youngest one in my family and my family, you know, all my siblings are older and my parents are getting older and just, you know, as, you know, you know, time just keeps going by how like i guess how how i guess i wish i would have asked this to edgar but how would you keep you know carving out that time of being diligent about making that time to spend with your family as life just keeps growing and getting faster and next thing you know you're having your own family your siblings are getting married you know i guess how would you keep that you know keep carving that time out to spend with family yeah, it's a great is a great question. I'm trying to answer it. I know Cammy and I are trying to figure that out. <laughs> I think if I could give any help in that area, I would say this. It's just like any other um any other discipline that that sets us up for complexity, right? You don't just go out and run a marathon today. You start with running a mile. And if you run a mile, then you can do two, then you do three, then you do seven, then you do 10. And all of a sudden you're running a marathon. You're like, how am I running a marathon? Well, it's over time. I built up a habit and a practice that allows me to run a marathon. If you would have asked me, how do you and Cammie do four kids, do quality time, sit at a table, do bikes and breakfast, do these moments. Well, that's, it's a lot of fighting and learning over time to get that. And so don't be overwhelmed is the first thing I would say is you're, by the fact that you're curating a space with your friends, you're building the muscle and the priority in your life that those things are possible and they're meaningful. And as you do that with your friends, that's great. Then when you enter into another relationship and you keep doing that, that's great. And then someday maybe you have your first kids, first child, and you still stay with that discipline. Pretty soon you look back over 15 years and it's the habit and practice of making it a priority, being deliberate. And all of a sudden, you're able to do that or spin five or six plates like that and do it well where you're building in those times. But I'll tell you, as the complexity increases, the, the level of intentionality and being deliberate has to, be, has to match it because it isn't easy when you're navigating six different people's schedules, in our case, uh, it has to be values driven. You have to say, Hey, what matters most? Just like mm -hmm. Edgar said, and then you have to bring your behavior into alignment with those things that you believe. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. It doesn't happen over. It doesn't happen all overnight though. Yeah, I mean, it takes time. You have to train for it. Uh -huh. Yeah. And I think that I love again, this wrap up conversation, because if you are in the earlier stages of life, maybe you don't have teenage kids or college age kids, but you, you're in your first relationship or you're thinking of having kids or you're still in college. It doesn't matter. You can orient towards your moment in life and say, okay, how can we build a habit and a practice of bending the river? And I work with people uh, in relationship contexts where I say, hey, 
on a regular basis, you need to think about how you're doing this as a couple. And the other side of this is to be aware that you're entering into quality time, right? When you get together with your friends and you guys curate those spaces, to be mindful of what's actually happening, that we're having a Kairos moment, a quality time moment, and that that's something to be treasured and Mm -hmm. to be open to and aware to. And this is why you hear me all the time say, hey, celebrate the good. If you see it, say it. Like, and it seems weird in our culture, but man, I encourage you, like, get good at offering a toast. Get good at asking those questions where you say to your friends, like, hey, we're alive right now. And sometimes you'll hear me pray, like, at a meal. Uh, not everybody gets to do this. And that's something, you know, next time with your, your, with your friends and you're sitting down over good food and a good meal, just taking a moment to be like, man, not everybody in the world gets to do what we're doing right now. Taking me just back to a moment this week where I was at, you know, a nice dinner with some friends, celebrating one of my friends graduating, you know, his his uh, trade school program. And uh, there was a moment where I was like, I have another friend who just also uh, uh, is getting hired by uh, the Tampa Fire Department. And uh, it's I wanted to take a moment and just, you know, celebrate them and be like, you know what, I'm very proud of, you know, my friends and, and I want us to, you know, be appreciative of, you know, them making this journey and this, you know, achievement in their career, you know, of starting their career off. And uh, I don't know why, but maybe it was just because it wasn't like an official toast. Maybe it would have been better if I would have just been like hitting the glass and and doing it. But it just felt a little weird when I said that. And there were some people that were just like, what is it? Like, why are you saying this? We're at dinner. And I was like, and now that I'm here, I'm like, that's one of those moments where, you know, we have to be diligent and you know, realize that that's a quality time moment. You know, I'm not, we're not always going to be able to have those moments. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. I love your reflection on that moment. And it's, it is, it's sad in a way, but it's part of why we're doing the work we're doing, right? Because culturally it's normative to blow right through those moments and just be distracted or onto the next. And you in that moment were kind of finding your way intuitively to be like, no, there's something holy, there's something sacred, there's something beautiful about this, and I want to honor that. And then you did, and it was like, was that okay? Is that yeah. weird? Is that, <laughs> should we do that? And what I would just say is keep doing it. Yeah, exactly. Because the cosmos, God, the angelic realms, the, you know, the, the way reality really is, at that moment, you were more tuned to what is real than in the moments where we're just kind of kind of moving so quickly and mindlessly through those things. I would say there was a greater attunement, like a guitar string, to what was happening when you were deliberately kind of tuning in to what is real, which is gratitude and and beauty and joy. So, yeah, we're living it, even though we don't have language for it. So keep being brave, even though it feels awkward, and do get good at tinking the glass, right? It's an art form. Yeah. I want to take us back to a moment uh, where Edgar said this early on, but I remember I wrote this down, and he said, uh, home isn't always brick and mortar. And I kind of wanted to ask you, Zach, you know, um, what that meant to you and what you were kind of thinking as he said that, because it, it stuck out to me, and I was. And I kind of started thinking about, you know, the last conversation we had, you know, and I just wanted to ping that on you and see what you thought. Yeah, it's great. I love your reach back to Andrew Gould and our conversation kind of around the idea, the quote from Churchill that said, first we shape our buildings, thereafter they shape us. 
And I'd say on one hand, I'm a huge yes to that. Like place matters and cultivating place matters. And I think what, and it's a, this is a perfect setup for the seen and the unseen world, mm-hmm. right? Because the physical world deeply matters, right? It's not just an abstracted idea of those values of that Edgar was talking about, integrity and gratitude and hard work. These are just abstracted ideas and they became embodied in a place. And so it's a both and, it's a yes, that are our homes brick and mortar? Absolutely, right? Like their place matters. And even if it's not a place you own, that doesn't matter. Any place that we're given stewardship of, this is very, very back to the garden stuff. Like we have dominion. We get to participate in an incarnational way in a, in a world. And that's part of being human. Uh, and the, the love ultimately that permeates that place is what makes it home. And I think that's what Edgar was getting at is what, what was the thing that was filling that brick and mortar space? And it's the, you have to have, it's a both and uh, to diminish either would be to kind of walk kind of in one direction and, and depart from the other. And it's a both and, right? Built place matters. We're embodied creatures. And what's permeating that? He said it later on in the conversation. He said, if you come home and you're an empty shell, then you'll be coming home to an empty shell. Mm. And I was like, oh, there you go, right? Yeah. Like if we ourselves are hollowed out, then the homes we occupy will feel hollowed out. And I think that's what he was getting at. You have to be a full person. And that's that doesn't take anything away from the reality that we live and exist in embodied reality. And place matters, and it should reflect it. That's awesome. Yeah, I loved that. Great conversation with Edgar. Yeah, yeah, he's a good guy. Uh, I hope I'm sure we'll cross paths with him again. But oh, definitely, isn't it fun? You can kind of see, and I know we got to draw it to a close, but you can kind of see like Chris Armstrong inviting us to think back to a different time mm. where these things were more in our. We were more aware of it. Culture reflected these ideas more, uh, just on the surface. And then you go to Andrew Gould, and he's talking about the reality that place matters and design matters. And Edgar and talking about time, it just is cool how each of these conversations, you start weaving something really beautiful together. And as you're doing, you're, you're taking these ideas and embody them, embodying them with your friends, offering a toast, turning the TV off. So proud of you for that, man. Thank you for the way you're, you're leading in it. All right. We good? Yeah. Thank you. All right.